0: Church, how's everybody doing? Good, yeah, yeah. I know you're not letting this gloomy, rainy October get you down because it is fall and we have pumpkins and we have football and life is good, right? I I got the joy yesterday to preside preside over Jennifer Hoff and Tim Johnson's wedding, it was beautiful, yeah, it was a wonderful thing to be a part of, and uh, just the, the joy that they had. And as these two families came together. But we're continuing our sermon series of Rotbridge at the Movies to kind of, as Joy said last week, you know, put on our our Jesus goggles and see what we can learn when we're watching movies. What can can these movies teach us about God? And this week we're going to talk about Thor Ragnarok. And you're probably thinking, what in the world can a Marvel movie teach us about Jesus? But our sermon today is, The Church is the People. A few years ago, we were in the Bahamas, and we were singing the song we sang today, Build Your Kingdom Here, and it has that great line that we sang, set your church on fire. So we had all these college students, we were in a bus, and uh, it was kind of crazy, kind of, anytime you ride in a bus in the Bahamas, you're taking your life in the hands of the drivers, it's, they're, they're crazy drivers. Uh, so, you know, set your church on fire, and so we're all singing that, and, and then it kind of quiets down after we finish the song, and the bus driver kind of looks back in the mirror and says, why would you ever want to set your church on fire? <laughs> There's some cultural differences, but this kind this of to show us that a lot of times when we say the church, we're talking about the physical building, right? And, and just like we do with the kids, if y'all want to do it with me, you know, that nursery rhyme we were taught, here's the church... Here is the steeple, open it up, and you see all the people. I had that mindset when I was growing up. Church was always something we went to. We would go to church on Sunday. That's what you did. The family would get up, whether we wanted to or not, and we would go to church. The thing is, when the church is a place, it doesn't necessarily affect how we live the rest of the week. If we go to church, we can kind of leave Jesus in the church. Maybe we don't have to treat people the way that Jesus wants us to treat them. If we go to church, maybe we can ignore the teaching of Jesus the rest of the week. We can ignore the suffering that we see around us. But what we're going to learn today is the church is not a place. It's the people. And I invite you to watch this clip with us. Without my hammer, I can't. Are you Thor, the God of hammers? Hm? That hammer was to help you control your power, to focus it. It It's never your source of strength. It's too late, she's already taken Asgard. Asgard is not a place, never was. This could be Asgard. Asgard is where our people stand. Even now, right now, those people need your help we hear Asgard is not a place, it's the people. You see, in the movie, they're experiencing Ragnarok, which is the end of the world in in Viking mythology, and everything is going wrong, and and their, their planet is about to get destroyed, and there's just a few refugees left, and they have to realize that Asgard is not the place, it's the people. If the church is the people, then it's something we do day in, and day out. If the church is the people, we have to live like Jesus every single day and every single moment. If the church is a people and not a place, there's never a time where we can be like, oh, we'll leave that at that location and then live the lives that we want to live. Now we have a choice, and this is what I want you to think about this morning. Would you prefer to think about the church as a place that you go and it doesn't really affect how you live your daily life? Or do you want to live as the church? Do you want to be the church every day, every moment? I don't know about you, but one of the most important things to me, and I think many people of my generation is to live a life that means something, a life that's worth something, a life that counts. I want to make an impact on the world around me. I don't just simply want to live my life, go to work, go to sleep, and do that over and over again until I die. I want to be able to look on my deathbed and look back at my life and say, my life meant something. And I believe if we change our mindset and we say the church is the people, it will help us make an impact. But if you just want to live an ordinary life, then the church is a place. Something you go to. The church is the people. Our scripture today comes from 1 Peter chapter 2. Verses 4 through 10, if, I hope you brought your Bible. If not, you can read along. Uh, if, if you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles for you out here. And you can also take one and give it away to somebody. Uh, get caught reading your scripture throughout the week. But as I read the scripture, I want you to take notice of how often the word stone is mentioned. Okay? I want you to count. Let's see if you can get it right. Okay, start with verse 4. Now you are coming to him as a living stone. Even though this stone was rejected by humans from God's perspective, it is chosen. You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus is it written in Scripture. Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen and valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All right, who, who thinks they have that, the answer? Eight. Eh, not quite. Seven. seven if you count. So stone six times and rock one time. So seven times, stone or rock. This is really important. Anytime you're reading scripture, this is a good technique for you to do, anytime you're reading scripture and you start to see a word over and over again, circle it, because the author is trying to do something with scripture. They're trying to show you something. Uh, if you look at the next side, just like sun and stone in English share a lot of, uh, of the same letters, ben, which means sun in Hebrew, and eben means rock in Hebrew. And now what Peter or the author is doing is they're, they're quoting and they're alluding to a lot of different scriptures In the Hebrew text. And so, there's a kind of a play on words here. Ben and Eben. The son, who is Jesus, is the cornerstone. You see what he's doing there? So, there's something that he is referring to in the Hebrew text. So that people can kind of clue in to to what Peter is talking about Jesus. There's another thing that he's alluding to that we've talked about before. In 1 Samuel, David has a desire to build God's temple. You may have read, read this before. And God tells him no. But he says that one of, a son of yours from your house will build the temple. Your son will build this temple. And so David and Solomon, his son, both think that what God is talking about is Solomon. But that's not actually what God is talking about. God was always referring to Jesus the cornerstone the stone the stone of the temple of what god is doing you know there's 12 chapters in the bible about how to build the tabernacle where jesus actually lived or not jesus but god actually lived when he was with the jewish people there are 0 chapters where god describes how to build the temple god never really wanted a physical structure a tabernacle was a tent it was something you could set up and take down and move We are the ones that want to force God into a building. We are the ones that want to force God and say God is in that place. So when we think about the church is the people, the church is with you. The church is in you. You are the church. Now, churches can be holy places. Because whenever God's people gather and we worship God together, I think that the, the veil between heaven and earth starts to rub thin. In fact, that's what we call these places, thin places. And there are, there are monasteries, there are holy places where people have worshipped God for several thousand years, where you can just, just by entering that place, you can feel the presence of God. And I hope when you come into the sanctuary, you feel the presence of God. But that doesn't mean that God is simply in this place, that church is a thing that we go to. It's a thing that we are. And if we have that mindset, it changes everything. So that's the first thing is that the church is the people. Now what's really interesting is it says that Jesus is the cornerstone, right? And that you and I are living stones to make up a spiritual temple. So not only is Jesus the temple and we are the temple, Jesus is a cornerstone. And, you know, some of the builders may be able to tell me more than what I know, but a cornerstone is is the most important stone you lay in an ancient building. It was what all other stones were laid on. It was the design. It was, it was the guide for all the other stones. Jesus is the cornerstone. And we are the living stones that are built upon that. What Jesus started, we get to continue. And we have the same mission that God gave Israel. And this is verse 9 and 10 but you who are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Remember, this is the same language that God talked to the Israelites. They were always meant to be a holy nation to the Gentiles, to everybody, not just to the Jews, but to everyone, a light to the nations. We are called to be a holy nation, a nation of priests. We are bearing this message to the world. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of who called you out of darkness into his amazing light or some versions into his marvelous light you are to speak of the wonderful acts of the one who has called you out of his marvelous light we that's our call we who are the temple we who are the church we are a nation of priests a priesthood of all believers each one of you our pastors each one of you are people carrying this message of good news each one of you are missionaries to the people around us so how do we do this how do we become the kind of church that takes the message to the world how do we be the church how do we believe in our souls and our very being that the church is a people well first of all we have to believe the mission of the church which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That is what Jesus calls for. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is your call. That is your mission. That is your purpose. And at Rockbridge, the way we're going to do that, the way we're going to achieve that, our vision is to bridge people to Jesus through relationships with deeply committed disciples who love, learn, and launch. What does that require? Participation. It requires you. This is a bottom-up vision. This cannot be done with just the leaders of the church. This cannot be done with just the staff. It has to be the people. And I believe that God is wanting to do something special with Bridge, that God is, has an awesome plan an awesome vision for us. But if it is not your vision, if you don't take it into your heart, if you don't believe it, then we won't accomplish it. We have to agree to it together. We have to believe it. We have to work at it together. And I think the first thing that we need to do is recapture the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, Jesus tells us, you will do even greater things. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit is on my mind because at our Sunday morning Bible study, we're talking about it. But I think this is so important. Francis Chan calls the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. And so many people have come up and told me in this class It's like you know, I learned a lot about Jesus and I learned a lot about God the Father, but I feel like I'm missing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what gives us power. It's what gives us guidance, it's what gives us the ability to be the church rather than go to church. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think all of us, when we, when we accept Jesus into our, to our lives, we're given that Holy Spirit, but maybe we haven't fully asked for it. We haven't fully embraced it. And I think sometimes we're nervous because if we have the Holy Spirit, there is no doubt in our mind what we're supposed to be doing in the world. And so maybe we don't want a full gift of the Holy Spirit because we want to leave church on Sundays and we want to go about our daily lives and we don't want to change. But if you want to be the kind of people that live out the mission of the church every single day and every single moment, then you need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to transform your work, if you want to transform your school, you want to transform your classroom, you want to transform your friends, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to invite us this is one of my favorite prayers. We're going to say it together. And I want to invite us to say this together. So please join with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Holy Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So we need that gift. Of the Holy Spirit. The second thing is is we have to change our mindset, church. We have to stop thinking of the church as something we go and do and start thinking about the church as something that we are. John F. Kennedy in the 60s said, You know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And the same thing is true with the church. We need to ask what we can do for Christ through the church, what gifts we can bring to the table. The church doesn't just exist for you and your preferences. Now, here's the good news, though, and we talked about this in our Bible study, that when you come to the table and you bring your gifts and you're giving your all, you receive more in return. It's the same thing like worship. I think our band can tell you that the more that you give to God in worship, the more God gives back to you. It's the same thing with your giving. The more you give God, somehow God gives back to you. It's because we serve a gracious and merciful and wonderful and loving God. The whole purpose we're here is to give glory to God. And so if we have the mindset that we are the church and we're going to bring everything we have, you're going to come to a place that's going to take care of you. When you're broken, people are going to come alongside you and lift you up. When you need your burdens carried, people are going to walk with you. But to do that, all of us need to be committed 100% to the mission of the church. The church is the people, not a place. That's what this is all about. Our scripture tells us that Jesus is the cornerstone and that each of us are living stones being built into something amazing and wonderful that God is doing in this world. That is something I want to be a part of. I want my life to matter, and I hope you do too. So I want to leave you with this hymn. I know we have some people from Colleen that were probably there that day when we, I was there in Colleen at First Night Methodist Church, Colleen and we opened a brand new building, and we sang We Are the Church, and we sang this song probably 50 times because it took a long time to get everybody in. But the message from this hymn is exactly what we need today. This is how it goes. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. All who follow Jesus all around the world, yes, we are the church together. The church is not a building, the church is not a steeple, the church is not a resting place, the church is a people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit.